reading is taken from John chapter 1, verses 1 to 14, and can be found on page 1063. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Well, do keep that little handout open in front of you. That would be really helpful. And if you are visiting here, let me say again, welcome. It's really good to have you here with us. My name is David. I'm one of the people who works for the church here. But a warm welcome. We're really pleased to have you visiting with us tonight if you're a guest or if you've just come along by yourself. We're just a couple of weeks away, aren't we? Fifteen days till Christmas. Students will be heading home soon, I guess, the end of this coming week for most of you. I'm waiting, as always, uh, for the bumper edition of the Radio Times to come out. I look forward to every year. I want to check what's on TV. I I hope it's good, although I fear, and maybe it won't be, the the British public seem to love them, don't they? Uh, We were thinking about them just there on, on the big screen. Reality TV shows, there's no end to them. It'll probably be the same over Christmas. The X Factor, home makeovers... If I have a preference, I don't know about you, but if I have a preference, it's for the celebrity ones. Do you watch those? The the celebrity ones. There's there's Strictly Come Dancing. Uh, We see mainly B-list celebrities, fading pop stars and retired newsreaders negotiate their way through the rumba and the cha-cha-cha. I've been looking forward to saying cha-cha-cha all week. I I like the sound of it. Or or there's I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Uh, Fading pop stars, retired newsreaders, stuck in the jungle, eating insects and not washing. That's mainly what goes on. For them, for them it's a chance to regain the limelight, isn't it? For us, it's a chance to be nosy, isn't it? Uh, There they are, revealed in all their glory, either covered in sweat in dance rehearsals or covered in mud in the jungle. It's great. Uh, And the great thing is, we get to pass judgment. Decide if we like them. And if we don't, we can vote them off. Their fate is in our hands. It's brilliant. Do you watch those shows? Some of you watch those shows. They can be great fun. Which is why you should like Christmas. I mean, forget the presents and the parties for a moment because Christmas is the original reality show. Like all the good ones, we watch a real mix of people. There's a, a mix of real people thrown 
Together, we've heard about them already in our readings. There's the shepherds, the angels, baby Jesus, Mary and Joseph. We hardly think about them all year, but that's the way it is with reality shows, isn't it? It's B-list celebrities. Who's your favourite? You you think back to nativity plays you were maybe in when you were younger. Who's your favourite? Who'd get get your votes? Actually, before you vote, let's let's look at our contestants. We'll, We'll pick this one from our reading in John's Gospel that you should have in front of you. His name's not mentioned till near the end, verse 17. We didn't read all the way to the end, but, but among the cast, he's got to be the favourite, hasn't he? It's Jesus. And as John helps us look at him in reality, now you'll discover some things about Christmas. Now here's the first thing, and you might not have thought of it, but a, a Christmas is a reality check on God. Well, Jesus, we we know about him. He's born in a stable, slept in a manger, surrounded by animals, visited by shepherds. Except, did you notice as we had the reading, John didn't mention any of that. No, instead he gives us the background on Jesus. He he lets us look at, I guess, at his CV, past experience. It's there in the first three verses. And he gives them right at the start a rather cryptic title. He calls him The Word. Almost as if by definition, his life speaks to us. His life defines reality. His life is the word on every life. That's how it starts. And in the beginning was the word. And then you just look down to verse 3 and we're told this. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. That's quite some background, isn't it? Jesus, born at Christmas, uh, we're being told, is, well, he's eternal. He was there before anything else. He was there at the beginning of everything. In fact, he made everything. There isn't anything that hasn't been made by him. Uh, John spells it out for us in verse 1, but he hardly needs to. You know who's being described here? Uh, We're being told that Jesus is God. I see, this is no B-list celebrity. As you look at Christmas, well, you've hit the A-list, haven't you? Christmas is a reality check on God. And now, I don't know where you're at when it comes to God. You, you may be a guest invited along. You, you might like the traditions of Christmas. Perhaps you even enjoy the odd carol from time to time, and that's why you were, you were pleased to come along when you were invited. But you don't really take this God stuff seriously. You have to admit, though, if it is true, it would be interesting, wouldn't it? God in the spotlight. A God for you to have a look at. God in all his glory, but covered in the sweat and the mud of life. A God for you to make a judgment call on. That should appeal to the nosy amongst us, shouldn't it? It'll probably appeal to those who face life's difficulties this year as well. If that's you, 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 you've actually got plenty of questions about God. You kind of want to know if this God that Christians go on about, if he made life, if he is watching us, then why is he making such a mess of it all? For you, you maybe feel that if he's real, God seems to have made himself scarce when he's most needed. Well, here's an opportunity to pin him down. 
have a good look, make your judgment call. Uh, You've got your suspicions, but it's got to be worth a look. Or or perhaps you feel it's all slightly embarrassing. Uh, The way Christians go on about God, it's almost as if he is some kind of B-list celebrity, uh, desperately trying to regain the limelight in a society that on the whole finds him irrelevant. Uh, As one student said to me about a month ago, well, I've lived this long without any help from God. I think I can get on pretty well without him. Perhaps that's how you feel. The last thing that you want is a needy God. Except what John seems to tell us is, Christmas is not about a needy God at all. Surely that's the point of verse 4. Just look how that starts. We're told this, in him was life. As the God we meet at Christmas, this Jesus, he has life in himself. He's, he's self-sufficient. He doesn't need anyone at all. He can't be trying to regain the limelight. He, he doesn't need anything from you. Yeah, at Christmas, we do have an opportunity to look at God. Every time we fix our view on the Jesus of the Bible, that's who we're seeing. But there must be something else going on. So here, here's the second thing. At Christmas is a reality check on the world. Do you look forward to Christmas dinner? Uh, I've started looking forward to it already. I, I don't know if you're in the same situation as me. Uh, it probably won't look like it, but I'm, I'm the baby of my family by a long way, and I'm still viewed as the baby of my family, which means I get to make certain demands. Uh, one, one is that our starter each year is prawn cocktail. I know you think it's naff. I love it. I love it. I always insist on having prawn cocktail uh, as my starter. Uh, My eldest sister has suggested on occasions having a different starter. To which I reply, well, you must mean as well as prawn cocktail. (laughs) Because I know you couldn't possibly mean instead of. See, I want my Christmas dinner to be perfect. I remember about three years ago, everything was perfect. I'd had my prawn cocktail. And we were just passing the roast potatoes when my mum said... You've put on weight, haven't you? <laughs> right before Christmas dinner. What kind of a mother says that? With the piercing clarity of a mother, she'd exposed my overindulgence from the past year. Uh, the reality that wasn't exactly hidden, I have to say, was now in full focus. My mum can be quite black and white, I have to say. I was in the spotlight of my family's gaze. Uh, defeated, I said, just two roast potatoes for me then. <laughs> Bear bear with me, but in a way it's the same at Christmas. See, Christmas brings a piercing clarity that exposes a reality about you and me. Verse 4, just have a look at it. We're told this, in him, in this Jesus, in him was, was life, and that life was the light of men. Now, the language is poetic, but I'm sure you understand John's meaning. This self-sufficient life, God, it's like he's shining out visibly for people. See, God's there for us to know and believe in. It's not meant to be difficult. It's as clear as a light being turned on. And knowing this, God, we have access to real quality life. Well, the implication is, well, the mess our world and, and we ourselves get into, it doesn't need to happen. Because God shows us real life. It's there for us to see. And you say, well, hang on, that's not true. 
that God isn't obvious. We don't see him. If God is that obvious, then, then why don't we know him? Why do we face another Christmas with Iraq and, and Sudan's? Or why do we face another Christmas with heartache closer to home? And, and even if life's great for you, you may still wonder where God is. Well, look, John explains it in, in verses 5 to 11. He'll use more words than my mum, but I think you'll see he's just as black and white. I just have a look at verse 5. He tells us this, The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Well, we know God's the light. That's what he's been telling us. And, and you start to get the feeling we're being told that uh, people are either in the darkness or are the darkness. So stick with John for a bit longer. And have a look down at verse 9, just a bit further down the page. And he, he tells us this, The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. You see the point. We should know God. For some reason we don't, so he came into the world. Jesus, at Christmas. But here's where John really starts to get black and white. At verse 10 he tells us, He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. See, it's as if we're being told when it comes to God, we're actually as blind as that. He'll stand right in front of us, but we'll say, where is he? The lights are switched on, but we still don't see. We're we're in darkness, except it's it's even more than that. It's not just that we don't see, but it's verse 11. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Is that black and white enough? See, when it comes to God, it's not just that we don't see him, it's that we won't see him. Even when he came, people who should have welcomed him rejected him. And they're only examples of what we all do. See, if this is to be believed, then in the relationship between God and people, it's not God who makes himself scarce. No, it's us. John is saying that Christmas is a reality check on our world because it it highlights what's really wrong with it. People live in God's world rejecting him. As we have a look at God, the reality is that it's it's us that's in the spotlight. And we don't like it. We'd rather God was out of the picture. Be honest. How much do you think about God? It might even be in your head now, you're you're thinking, well, I don't even like thinking about God. How much of a legitimate claim do you think he has on your life? If you find yourself thinking, well, none really. That's the darkness John's talking about. Uh, That kind of darkness is found in the student who says, life's great and I don't need God for anything. That really is an odd view of God if if this God is real, while you're living in the world that he's made, breathing the air that he's provided, you don't need God for anything? Really? Actually, if he is the one who made everything, it's not that we don't need him. It's more like we're the ungrateful beneficiaries of his good gifts. What will we do 
if he removes those gifts. I see, Christmas tells us we do make a judgment call on God. We, we live as if he doesn't make a difference, and it's a terrible arrogance. You can call it sin. But as we're doing that, actually a judgment call is made on us. It is really, really important that we understand the Bible here. See, the danger is not that we will vote God out of life. He has life in himself. No, it's our lives that are a gift. And the danger is he will vote us out of life. And all we'll be left with is darkness. See, that kind of darkness is found in people who face up to life's heartaches by shaking their fists at God. God is holding out life, but we always want to reject him. And so we forfeit life as it should be. And as life, in its various ways, starts to unravel, causing pain, as it inevitably will if we reject the source of life, are we to turn around and blame God? Well, there's no logic in that. That's only stumbling in the dark. Look, there are real causes of sadness in life. And for some of us, they're felt even more acutely at Christmas. So I wouldn't want to trivialize them, but I'm convinced that in Jesus, at Christmas, we see that God does care. And while we might not find an answer to every question, we will find a God who can be trusted, not a God you want to shake your fist at. And Christmas is a good place to start because in And here's the third thing, really. Christmas is in reality God's plan to rescue people. For many of us, Christmas will involve traveling, students going home, families traveling to be together. I don't know if you'll have a long journey at Christmas. The first Christmas had some traveling as well. Joseph and Mary, expecting a baby, traveled from Nazareth in the north to Bethlehem in the south. It was a long journey. And John, in the reading that we've got in front of us, he tells us the journey on that first Christmas was actually even longer. And not just from Nazareth to Bethlehem. It's there in verse 9. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. The eternal God traveled into our reality, into the sweat and the mud of human existence. One of the great things about Christmas is, on the whole, getting to be with people who love us. It's wonderful, isn't it, to arrive back home and be welcomed. Isn't that great? To walk through the door into a warm house and to have a smiling face that welcomes you. It's great. I love it when I go back and see my family. You see, the eternal God left home and came to a place where he found no welcome or love. It's quite something, isn't it? Why would you do that at Christmas? Uh, there was once a, a student I knew in Sheffield. Uh, she's graduated now, but I think she still lives here. Her, her, name, was, or her name is Moena. She's one of those wonderful, bubbly, and outgoing people. You'll, you'll have friends like that yourself, I'm sure. Uh, someone once wrote this about her. Moena will meet you before you meet her. You know people like that? Moena will meet you before you meet her. She'd cross the road to make friends with a lamppost. It's perhaps overstating things a little, but but you get the point. She loves meeting people. Without even asking, 
She's come to make friends with you. You see, from our reading, God's done more than just cross the street. He's crossed from heaven to earth to meet you. And the reason's there in verse 12. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. God came to a place where he should have been welcomed, but wasn't. And to invite you to a place where you shouldn't be welcomed, but can be. To be a much-loved child of God. Jason Donovan, you'll remember him from years ago, I'm sure, in the charts. Jason Donovan was a finalist in I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. He's one of the final three in it, just in the recent series that's finished. He was interviewed at the end of the show by Ant and Decca, and he said, oh, you really went for all the challenges. You were fearless. Eating insects, swinging from trees, doing bungee jumps. He replied with a knowing smile, and he said this, I went for it because it's a TV show. Nobody's going to get killed doing this. That's the thing with reality shows. As we expect, they stop at the sweat and the mud. No one ever dies in reality. But Christmas, you look past the presents and the parties and you'll see the reality of God. A God who gets involved in the sweat and the mud and the blood of life. John will will say these words later on in his book. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. It's talking about Jesus' death on the cross. And who is watching your life? Who is watching your life? Is it the bank? Is it university authorities? Is it Big Brother? Is it the police Is it your neighbours? Is it your schoolmates? Is it Facebook? See, the one who is watching your life, the one who even sees inside your head because he made you, is the one who went to the cross to be your rescuer. The one who has life in himself gave it up so that people who forfeited life, people like you and me, can be forgiven and receive it again. To hear this, Jesus says he'll take all your sin, he's received the punishment that sin deserves, and then make you his forever. Would you trust him to do that for you? A Christmas is a reality check on God. You want to find out what God is like? Well, verse 14 tells us that the word became flesh. That's Jesus and made his home among us. Here's what God's like. He's come at great cost to rescue you. Concerned about the reality of your life, you can, I'm convinced, trust a God like that. And Christmas, it's a reality check on you and me. You want to find out what you're like? Well, you'll discover that in the way you respond to this God. Would you trust him? Perhaps for the first time you're here tonight and you've thought, actually, I really need to think this through some more. Maybe you're here for the first time and you think, I've never really thought about that and I really do need to think this through. That's great. 
Or near to you, just on your sheets, uh, there's a little response card which tells you lots of ways that you could follow this up. If you want to find out some more about this, would you, would you fill in one of these? Put on your contact details for us uh, and pass it to me on the way out. I'm going to be standing just outside the door over there. Uh, pass it to me. We'd love to get in touch with you and see if we can help you find out some more. But perhaps you've been thinking about this for a while and it, it struck you tonight that you have lived in God's world rejecting him. And you've realized tonight, maybe for the first time, how wrong that is. It's almost as if you feel that God has switched the light on. Well, see, the good news is that as you realize that, God has already provided a way for you to be brought back into his family. And Jesus came to give his life for you. If you'll trust him tonight, you can be forgiven. So as I close, I'm going to say a short prayer that's really asking God to make you a Christian. If you're here tonight and you'd like to pray that, you can repeat it a line at a time after me. You don't need to say it out loud. You can just say it uh, in your own head. And then if you have prayed that prayer, uh, why not fill in one of these cards as well? Pass it to me on the way out. And all you need to say really is, as I prayed that prayer. And during this week, we'll get in touch with you. Thank you very much for listening. Let's, let's just say a short prayer just now. So if it would help, just close your eyes and you can bow your head. And if you want to pray this prayer, I just repeat it in your own head, a line at a time after me. Dear God, I've been really struck by what I've heard tonight. I realize I've lived in your world ignoring you. I'm sure there's lots of things I've done that you would be rightly angry about. And I know that I don't really deserve anything from you. But thank you that Jesus came to give his life to rescue people like me. I want to put my trust in him now. Please would you forgive me and help me to live for you. Amen.